Shanny, we're back. 30 West, episode seven. This is a big one for us. We got our first guest on tonight. Big time. Big, big game James, Jim Hammett from Panther Lair. We're going to have him on uh, about halfway through the episode, maybe about 10, 15 minutes, who knows, and uh, just get his perspective on pit, the Pitt Panthers and their basketball program and also a little preview of the ACC tournament. Jim is a uh, pretty knowledgeable guy when it comes to sports, especially uh, in the city of Pittsburgh, so I'm looking forward to hearing yeah, well, great, great way for us to start to step into the the guest space. This is a, a good guy to start with. Absolutely. Longtime friend, too. So uh, should be fun. Number seven, Shanty. I, I have a few favorite number sevens. I'll get right to it. Kenny Lofton is my favorite number seven of all time. Used to love watching that guy play center field. Uh, longtime Cleveland Indian, but also had a stint with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I don't know if you remember, but he had like one of the longest hit streaks. Um, in Pirates history, it might have been like 30, 31 games, something like that. That, yeah, that was a that was that. a rush for me. It was That's like early, call. I don't know, two thousand eight, nine, somewhere in there. I, I don't even remember when he played, but uh, he was there and he made made his presence known. My my second favorite number seven, and I always fall on these baseball guys. I, I think I'm I think I'm going to classify myself as a baseball guy, but the Mick dude, number seven. Yeah, hard hard to not look his way. You ever seen the movie 61? Yeah, you know what? I was just going to say, you read my mind. That's one of my favorite. I'd say that's probably top 10 favorite sports movies. I was going to say, dude, I thought you were going to go top 10 all time. I was like, whoa, that's a pretty, pretty that's big jump there. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Um, Barry Pepper plays Roger Maris in that movie. Yeah. That's a, that's a hell of a name if you're an actor. Barry Pepper. Yeah. Sniper. Good looking cat. Sniper and Saving Private Run. Yeah, that's right. Who are your favorite number sevens? I went football. Uh, first was John Elway. He's got the the two Super Bowls and one as uh, you know running football operations for the Broncos. But hard not to look his way. I mean, one of the greats all time, and he's up there statistically. Yeah, my, yards and touchdowns. My mom just stopped listening to the podcast. She hates John Elway. I'll get her back. Don't worry. All right, buddy. We we need our listeners, so please don't. Who's your Who's your second favorite number seven? I got to I got to give the nod to Big Ben as well. And I know a lot of controversy going on right now. A lot of talks, and surely he's uh, he's at the forefront of of what's happening at the organization right now. But you can't take away what he's done. I mean, two Super Bowls, statistically one of the greats. He'll be a he'll be a Hall of Famer and. In some people's mind, maybe the the best Steeler quarterback of all time. Although most are going to say Bradshaw there, but one or two he'll always be. And like I said, future Hall of Famer. So I had to give him the nod there. Everything he's done for the organization, for the city. Yeah, uh, despite all his flaws, Big Ben, one of the best competitors, two Super Bowl titles. Yeah, and uh, I mean you can't argue the statistics either, man. He had he, he led the league in passing yards this year. Yeah, he's. It's it's pretty wild. He's already sixth all time in yards, and he's seventh all time in touchdowns. So he's got a few more good years. Hopefully, we'll see where he ends up. We'd like to see him get one more Super Bowl. He's definitely one of those guys, though, that you'd have to say if he wins one, one last go around, that's what he's going out on, right? Oh yeah, there's no doubt at this point. You'd have to. Yeah. I just hope he doesn't lose any blood doing it, and that leads us right into our trivia question, Matt. I uh, I got some blood taken today. And, um, this got me thinking <clears throat> the average size human. So like fully grown human has how many pints of blood in them? That's your trivia question. I'll give you a few seconds to think about it. We'll get your answer when we come back. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know this. I had no clue where to start. Um, but I can't even really give you a hint. There, there's a range here that you could guess. There's a range. Obviously, like an an average size woman has 
less pints of blood in her than an average size man. But I have to check with my my doctor associates and friends to figure if that figure out if that's entirely true. I'm yeah. looking for I'm looking for a range here, and it, it's a small range of numbers. Pints. Man, I'm I'm reaching here. I, I, let me say ten to twenty. Is that too big of a window? No, I think we have to give you that. I think we have to give you that. It's nine to twelve. It's nine to twelve. So it, you said ten. I'll give that to you. I usually give blood once a year, so th- there's numbers flowing around in my head, and I know sometimes it's quarts or gallons or I, I don't know how to. Not good on the metric system, but you're that giving me that. Checking the specs on the. Rotor. So you're giving me that. So I'm. I got two in a row. Yeah, you're on a little streak here. You're on a Kenny Lofton hit streak. I'll give that to you. 10 to 12. That's a good enough guess for me. That, According to Google, 9 to 12 pints of blood. Pint, 16 ounces, by the way. Just so you, you know, just trying to educate the people out there, including myself. We, yeah, we all get, I needed that. We all got to get better. So, Shanny, wow, a little two for two from the from the charity strike there. How are you feeling? You're, you're hot, buddy. Yeah, I actually... I don't want to spill over into this now, but I thought last week getting on a run would get me going for Degenerate Dad, but for now, I'll just say that was not the case. Yeah, we'll dive into that shortly. We got our uh, weekend and weekend rerun. Wow, tongue twister. Weekend rewind here. On Friday, we told everybody we're going to see Sebastian. Uh, I would say he's the number one comedian in the world right now. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Um. His his latest special just came out on Netflix. We saw him at Heinz Hall, which is beautiful, by the way. I said to you, I felt like I was on the Titanic. Yeah. Um, unbelievable building. A little fancier than I was expecting. Just the architecture, like you said, and the building itself. Yeah. Um, that was on Friday night. We uh, hit up Taco right on. Is that on? That was on Sixth Street, right? Yep. Uh, good spot. We th- we both enjoyed it, but the whole night was about our guy Sebastian. He killed it. Packed house. If you haven't seen this guy, he's torn right now. Make the effort. Make the effort. It's so relatable. His all of his content is so relatable, especially if you're from kind of that small town, uh, family root culture. He'll he'll definitely say something that that rings a rings a bell with you. Yeah, for sure. And he's got so many different dynamics going on. He's Italian. His wife's Jewish. So there's whole that whole culture there and how they grew up and it's totally separate plus he's got a kid so that doesn't leave many other situations out there he kind of he covers a lot of them so yeah yeah real relatable with the kid there yeah 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 uh what was your favorite joke of the night if you could think back what was like one thing he talked about that you laughed hard at uh you might have to help me with a specific but it's usually it's usually the the italian jokes yeah Although I did, the one that I, I'll say this, the one I called my dad about first was uh, when his, <laughs> when he was talking about his Jewish wife's family and how the dad, her dad makes all the money and everybody just kind of huddles around and pick, picks fruit off the tree. And his 50 year old brother-in-law, you know, one day just decide he might want to start a, a scarf company because he can, but <laughs> Just the mentality of nobody's working. And then he's got the Italian family that's just grinding all the time. Yeah, everybody's just reaping reaping the benefits. And uh, I, I appreciated that one too. I thought that was funny. Um, but like we said, if, if you get a chance to see this guy or at least watch his specials on Netflix, it's totally worth it. The um, one thing I'll say about before we move on, if I did it again, I would definitely get a ticket in the on the lower level because it's not a big place, but it was we were far enough away to where I kept looking at the screen and not him. So I didn't I feel like I was losing the benefit of actually being there live. I want to be close enough that I'm actually focused on him because his stage presence is one of the greatest probably of all time. And I kept looking up at the screen and not directly at him. I don't know. You and I hadn't talked about that. I don't know if you felt the same. Yeah, I can understand how that happened to you. I think I think I mixed it up a little bit. I, I got a a good uh, good view of him on, on stage, and then, like you said, the screen was pretty big behind him, and we were up in that kind of that balcony level. Um, I, I didn't 
I didn't experience that over the top though. I, I do get what you're saying though. I'm sure that's like, very common in like the Cowboys stadium or anytime you're upper level for basketball or hockey, anything like that, you kind of, you're kind of checking out the screen a little bit more than you are the actual performance. So I get what you're saying. I, I'd like to be down there too. That'd be a hell of a, hell of an experience. Yeah. So, uh, Sebastian, totally worth it. Taco, totally worth it. Um, we also met up this weekend. You came over for once. Matt Matt normally doesn't come over. He, he actually ventured down 30 East for once. Yeah, 30 and, East. Uh, made his way to, to my apartment. What'd you think? Did you enjoy it? You don't get away much. Yeah, no, it was good. I uh, I was coming off a good workout, got back in the gym, and uh, we had we had a couple of beers, watched some college hoops, talked about the show. So, yeah, it was good to get away. You Matt got a good had, spot, too. Matt had a couple beers. I'm not drinking right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going full psycho mode. Uh, yeah. Then we ventured down to, we just talked briefly about badges, badges, great spot, local bar right down the street. I will say this very nice bar aesthetically, right? I got a great vibe from it in that capacity. Well, we went in there Sunday, nobody really there, maybe a handful of people. Right. And we sat down at the end of the bar, weren't greeted for like, 10 minutes and the lady finally walked over. It was like death on, on two legs. Yeah. Just like, Hey, what's up? You, you gotta hate that when you go into a place, right? Yeah, you do. And for all the, the RMU alum out there listening, it was kind of like the, the cheesesteak guy at, at the cafe when you would order a cheesesteak, they, you know, they'd get all pissed off that you were even there. You want fries with that? Cause <laughs> yeah, you want fries with that? Cause. Oh yeah, absolutely. So all, all I have to say, uh, I'm not bitching and moaning is if you're going to own a place, expect people to come in. You know, if you're yeah. going to have, if you're going to have a bar, run a bar. That's all I'm going to say. Good that's vibes the- though. Good Buffalo chicken dip and Eminem's front by the who came on. And that was, that's kind of like the song of the weekend. We were playing that on the way home. That's also the, for you entourage fans, the, as Vinny chase is heading in to his premiere for head on the first movie in season one. So great song. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that was uh, that was a good Sunday. Badges, I love you, but step it up. I I I need you to bring a little bit more. Um, you uh, you have a quick degenerate dad recap for us. It was not a great weekend for you. It wasn't, and it wasn't a total disaster of a weekend, but it was close to it. And I'm just gonna run through the games real quick. I'll touch a little more on some than others, but Friday. So Friday night I had Buffalo. This is kind of the one of three games that really chapping my ass from the weekend. I had Buffalo minus eight and a half. They won by eight and they missed a free throw uh, right at the end of the game. So they didn't cover that spread. Canisius did hit, although I only had a small wager there. I was a little intimidated by your sister-in-law comment, to be honest. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. By the way, she touched base with me today. Apparently, I got the uh, the presidents wrong on the shortest president. I think she said it was. Uh, I think it was James Madison, not James Monroe. That's right. Yeah, James Madison. You told me. Uh, just to, just to round out the weekend, um, LSU won on Saturday. Uh, UNC was the second of three games that really got me. They were favored by four. They won by two. I actually tweeted about this. Kobe White did have a great game, but the fix was in on him. They were up seven with a minute left. This guy turned the ball over th- uh, twice. He had three fouls. He missed a shot, and he missed a free throw, and he allowed a wide-open three towards the end of the game. So I'm like, what the hell? We're going to see like a, a Boston College 30-for-30 uh, 30 30 on you know the fix was in on this game. Yeah, so this is where I'm starting to get concerned about you. You got one of the best point guards. Is in the entire nation, right? This kid's playing his ass off. Matt is not yeah. mention. Matt's not mentioning the fact I did that say the, he had a good game. He did. Okay, the last play of the game, the kid is literally trying to take a charge and uh, holds his position, causes a turnover, and, and North Carolina wins on a slim margin. Yeah, the fix is in. Matt's breaking it down like this kid has. Don't uh, let him fool you. <laughs> he's got it out for some loser in North Huntington with uh, one kid and the second one on the way. <laughs> he's got a whiteboard in his garage proving all these stats and stuff. Hey, I, I did get a random guy uh, reply to my tweet saying basically, oh yeah, you forgot this point about him too. So, 
he was on board with it. At least one other guy. He's probably in the same situation I am. Yeah. Well, you guys need to meet up uh, probably weekly at a at yeah a certain you know certain meeting with an agenda that helps people. I don't want to I don't want to label you or anything, but you kind of get what I'm hitting at. Yeah, I do. So last two games, then uh, Gonzaga. So that was a that was a sure thing, and uh, I took you know took your loyalty there, your advice. Uh, didn't hit them as hard as I probably should have, but they covered a nine point spread pretty pretty comfortably at St. Mary's. And then the third game that chapped my ass this weekend was Washington at Stanford minus two. They won that game by one. In a very similar scenario, they missed a free throw at the end, the front end of a one and one, so no cover there. So all in all, won some, lost some. I lost three games by a total of four points, and I'm the type that I would rather just be dead wrong and get blown out. I hate losing games that come down to a missed free throw. And when you're following these games this closely, like there's so many missed free throws, and that's typically what it comes down to. So you just ask that it's close until the end and then hope it goes your way. That's all I got for you, big cat. What are you looking at uh, as the as the week progresses? Anything? We're not going to dive too deep into this. Thursdays when you make your picks, but do you like anything tonight? Yeah, I actually got some plays tonight. I got Syracuse, and that's uh, deep into the second half. I got to see where that's at. And then I did take some NBA action tonight. Uh, Spurs and the Nets, uh, and I also have Florida Gulf Coast. So. I got a couple plays going on out there. I actually stopped down at the casino after work to put those in. So we'll we'll update you via Twitter and I'll I'll touch the base a little bit more about that on Thursday. Appreciate your efforts, Matt. You're you're doing a hell of a job, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. So uh like we said earlier in the in the episode, we got Jim Hammett coming on. Again, Jim is from uh pantherlayer.com. You can actually find all of his content. Panther Layer is uh, kind of a sister site of of Rivals, the recruiting network. Um, you can find Jim's work, everything he's doing at pittsburgh.rivals.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jim Hammett. That's H-A-M-M-E-T-T. Uh, Jim's got everything you need, not just pit related, but uh, does a great job with the Pirates, Steelers. You, you'll see everything from Jim. He's a... Uh, one of the biggest sports enthusiasts I've ever been around. One of the most uh, knowledgeable at that, too. So we're happy to have Jim on. Uh, we'll get him on here shortly. Jimmy, what's going on, brother? What's up, fellas? Uh, thanks for having me on. Jimbo. Yeah, we're glad to have you, man. We You're our first guest, which is uh, exciting for our listeners. They've been waiting for you. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's I think I take it as an honor for sure. Yeah, we uh, we're amazed in your knowledge in the pit athletics world. Uh, today was actually a big day. Before we dive into basketball, Pitt came out with a, an announcement, or at least they hinted that they might have one. Can you go over that for us? Yeah, right at noon, um, every pit social media account, each team has their own thing. They kind of just kind of gave a date and a. Uh, it's in April and it, it, everyone kind of pointed to that's probably going to be whenever uh, the school officially changes colors. So um, it's kind of the world's biggest worst kept secret in the world. Everyone knew it was coming. So um, at least now there's a date to it. Yeah, I think I, it was the seventh, correct? April 7th. Correct. Is this like a significant change? Um, I mean, no, I mean, it's the, the full on, uh, you know, pick going from Navy blue and gold to more of a Royal blue and yellow. It's, um, kind of a return to the seventies and eighties of, uh, the school's colors. I like that. Should there be a direct correlation to winning now? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, look good, play good. I think that's how it goes. That's what I'm talking about. Well, this basketball season, um, I'll like to get your overall thoughts first, but just so we have a quick recap, Pitt's currently 12 and 17. They're two and 14 in ACC play. They're on, uh, they need to get a W here. They've lost their 12 straight in a row. Uh, their last win came on January 14th against Florida state. What, what's going on? What are your over overall thoughts with the Pitt basketball program? And, um, what, what do you expect from them in these last two games? Um, I think kind of what what happened right now is, um, you know, more or less is uh, talent caught up with them. Um, 
you know, I think they surprised some teams early on in conference play. They have a couple good, young, exciting freshmen. But at the end of the day, I mean, this still is a team that, uh, you know, only won eight games last year, did not win an ACC game at all. And a lot of those guys kind of make up the roster this year. So I think it's just a talent issue. So, um, but but the, the main overall driving point is they've can, competed a lot better than they did last year. I mean, you, you look at some of these recent losses. I mean, obviously take away Virginia, but you look at Georgia Tech, uh, Virginia Tech, Boston College, NC State. A lot of those games where, you know, they, they dig themselves this deep hole, then they come out and, uh, you know, the, for the next 20 minutes, they find a way to get back into it and they kind of run out of steam. So they're competing. Um, I just think it's kind of more of a lack of talent right now. And uh, teams kind of figured out what they have. Shanty, you can hit more at the uh, competitiveness of games. You wanted to make some points uh, more or less from the degenerate side of things. Maybe Hambone could speak to that. Yeah, I mean, I think their record pretty much follows what what the Vegas trends have been. And like Free said, their their ACC play has been pretty poor, but um, just one push and 11 against the spread losses in ACC play. So they're they're not even covering big spreads i mean they're typically they've they've been double digit dogs a lot and i know virginia they were catching like 17 or 18 points and got blown out but i mean the point you made jim about the competition i mean would you say the acc is the best conference in basketball this year um i mean i think it it always starts with the acc i think they're always going to be in that conversation um this year the big Ten's looking really good i mean you even look at a team like indiana uh they're barely 500 if they are, and they're still on the bubble. So I think that kind of speaks to what the Big Ten's doing. And I think the SEC's actually kind of made a resurgence of late. And I think a lot of that is uh, they just started to hire good coaches. And, uh, you know, you look at Rick Barnes, what he's doing in Tennessee. Um, I, I, I think that's definitely a league and a you know, force to be reckoned with. But I still think at the end of the day, I think the ACC is the best league. I think there's three legitimate contenders uh, for the uh, three of the four one seeds. And that, that would be the first time that has happened since, I believe, 2009 when Pitt, Louisville, and UConn did it out of the Big East. As it's been a while since those days, but um, yeah, Jim, you hinted at uh, the, the new coaches and, and better coaches, if you will. Obviously, a tremendous amount of excitement surrounding the Pitt program this year with bringing in Jeff Capel. I'd like to go back to early in ACC play and and just ask you the, the two wins that the that the Panthers have this year uh first one being against Louisville and then their last win against Florida State Florida State ranked at the time I believe Louisville might have been it, it as well um were those two wins big enough to to buy Capel some time or or was the Pitt fan base just so over Kevin Stallings that it, it didn't really matter what what coach Capel did in this first year he he has some time either way yeah, I think the first year uh, was kind of it was going to be a wash either way. Um, yeah, you look from last year to you know only winning eight games, no 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 wins in the conference, and up to twelve already this year. Two in the conference. I mean, I think that's a big step forward. It might you know sound just like some moral victories, but it was bad last year. I mean, it, it really was. The attendance was down, and uh, you you know uh, you look at some of these games. Um, you know, the, the Oakland Zoo sold out, I think, seven of the eight games in conference play so far. So there's a buzz around the program again. And, uh, you know, people are still coming up to support them even in losses. So I think uh, it was just a goodwill move to kind of get Capel in here and kind of replace Stallings. And uh, Pitt Athletic Director Heather, like, actually gave him a seven-year contract. So I think that there was always an understanding that it was so bad last year that it was going to take a few years to... Uh, you know, kind of resurrect things, and he needed time to work. And I think that's exactly what uh, what Pitt fans are giving him right now. So you, you still kind of feel that buzz in the air that was early on in the season, especially before they got into the meat of the ACC play when they were they were winning games, not just competing. But you still feel that there's, considering they only won two ACC games, still a legitimate amount of buzz going on. Um, I mean, I think a, a losing streak for any team in any circumstance definitely wears on people. Um, you know, it, it, it you, you just you don't want your favorite team to lose 12 games in a row. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of uh, taken a toll on the players, their freshmen, uh, some of the guys from last year. I think they kind of had flashbacks. So, I mean, I think everyone's kind of down about this season. But I think the overall feeling towards the program, um, everyone's still pretty optimistic about. But, yeah, w- once you're in the middle of a losing streak, um, 
you know, you, you could talk about moral victories. You could talk about, you know, some upside and some good things that are being done. But, uh, you know, losing just wears on people. And I think this losing streak, I think some people would be just happy to, you know, kind of march to the end of the season um, and, you know, let Coach Capel hit the recruiting trail. Yeah, that's a good segue in, into what we wanted to talk about next with you. J- just to go back a little bit, you talk about the Oakland Zoo being sold out, and it seems like the Pete has the environment that it originally had and had for a stretch of 10, 12 years there where it was absolutely awesome. Um, and, and a lot of that, you know, some of it may be due, I think back to like the Duke game with Jay-Z there, that that might be Zion-driven. Uh, Carolina had a big crowd. I know there were a lot of Carolina fans there as well, but there, there is some cer- certainly some excitement that are surrounding Pitt's ro- roster with their two, you know, two top star freshmen and Coach Capel as well. But w- we wanted to ask you: Is this when 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 Jeff Capel hits the recruiting trail? Is this really where he's going to separate himself for the Panthers? Um, I mean, I think uh, every coach kind of has their you know one thing that they're good at. Some guys are good motivators. Uh, some guys are good X's and O's guys, and some guys are good recruiters. And that's what Jeff Capel was supposed to be, and um, that's what he was brought into Pitt to do. So, um, you know, right at, right in year one, he was able to grab Xavier Johnson, Trey McGowan, Zadis Tony. Uh, he found City and Deer on the grad transfer market. So, uh, you know, it didn't translate into a bunch of wins, but it really kind of started that change. So. Um, I, I, I do think, you know, some Pitt fans probably had uh, a grander vision of landing McDonald's All-Americans right off the bat. And I think uh, Coach Capel and the Pitt fans alike kind of found it was going to be tough, just kind of Pitt's brand's kind of damaged right now. So I think he's going to be able to land good players. I think he's going to be able to land players that'll, you know, kind of get the play the program off the ground. But it still might be a few years away from landing uh the comparable talent he did at Duke, but I think you can still win at Pitt with, you know, mostly three stars, four stars. You don't need those McDonald's all Americans. And, you know, it's, it's something that's kind of looming over college basketball in a couple of years is uh, whenever they do get rid of the one and done role and they allow guys to go into the NBA right away, it's going to change a lot of things. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting for a lot of programs to see how they operate after that. Who are some, I know some of these guys have, have made announcements. Uh, I don't know if any of them have committed yet, but who are some of the bigger names that that Capel and, and Pitt are looking at right now? Uh, yeah, right now they have two commitments. Uh, one is Kareem Koulibaly, uh, 6'9", forward. He plays in a prep school uh, in east or, or in the central part of the state, I guess. He's actually from Africa, but he's like a 6'9", forward. He's going to come in, probably be a good four-year program player, uh, rebounder, uh, you know, he has long arms, he can shoot, uh, step out and shoot some threes. So I think he's going to be something they don't really have this year. They don't really have a power forward. So I think he kind of fits the need. And the other player they landed is Gerald Drumgle. Uh, he actually plays for Lalo Mir, the number one high school program in the country. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's a six foot six shooter. He's probably going to replace kind of what Jared Wilson frame does this year. Um, he was kind of a football recruit for a while. And, uh, you know, he started to focus on basketball and he really kind of upped his stock over the past uh, year or so. So, I mean, those are their two commits. And obviously, uh, they're definitely looking at some other guys. Um, You know, it's going to be they have at least three or four more scholarships to give out and, you know, possibly a guy transfers. So it's going to be a busy April for Coach Capel. Xavier Johnson and McGowan's got to be the guys next year, right? The leaders. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think Xavier Johnson pretty much has been all year, yeah. um, you know, save for, I think he only had three points against Virginia, but I, I think Virginia can take really good players and, you know, kind of make them ordinary, but uh, you know, McGowan's or Johnson averages 16 points a game, four and a half assists a game. Uh, you know, he's, he's just been stellar all year long. Uh, the, the big thing right now is uh, getting Trey McGowan's back on track. Cause I think, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the problems lately are kind of related to, you know, his struggles. Uh, you know, when Pitt beat Louisville, when Pitt beat uh, Florida State, he had 30 points in both both games. And Yeah, uh, he could score. And, and, and the problem now is, you know, teams are kind of going zone more. His outside shot's not really there. He's getting frustrated. So I think the big key for Pitt next year is, you know, for him to develop a little bit more. But he, he's really good at getting the line. He's very, very athletic. So there's a lot of tools there. But, um, yeah, I think, you, you know, you kind of look at the, this losing streak and you kind of look at his uh, his stat lines. And it, it, there's a pretty uh, pretty direct correlation there. Jim, how, how tough is it going to be losing a guy like Wilson Frame next year? Or, do, or you think there's somebody on the roster, maybe one of these recruits can easily fit in? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's one of Pitt's biggest issues. A lot of people point to the lack of inside play, but I, I, I look at a lack of scoring and a lot of out, outside shooting, and he's really the only guy that can do that for them. So he's going to be definitely missed. And like I said, uh, Gerald Drumgold, the one freshman, uh, he's coming in to be a three-point shooter. That's kind of what he does. Um, you know, Johnson can knock down a few here and there. Uh, McGowan's really needs to get better. I kind of touched on that on your last question. So, uh, and they're probably going to have to go find one, uh, whether it be a grad transfer, whether whether it be uh, another freshman. But that's something this team really lacks. Is uh, you know, when all else fails, uh, the guards are really good at penetrating, but sometimes they just don't have the right guys to pass it to. So they do need another shooter. Do Do you think they have a shot, or is there any interest on his end? Do they have a shot at the local kid, Ethan Morton from Butler? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's he probably went from not considering Pitt at all to at least, you know, they're in the conversation. Um, you know, it, it's going to be tough because he's a top 50 recruit. He's a very, he's kind of like a unicorn. He's a six foot six point guard, great passer. He's not the type of player you see every day. So, I mean, there's teams like, you know, Purdue and Michigan that really like him. Virginia kind of likes him. Uh, you know, he's a great student. So, like, you know, you have Stanford sniffing around in those kind of programs. And that's not even to mention that if Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky or Kansas ever get involved. But um, I think he does like Jeff Capel. Uh, I think he's going to give him a chance. I mean, the overall, the overwhelming feeling is that he probably won't go to Pitt. But I think there's a chance. I think he's going to give Capel his ear and, you know, give let Capel give him his best chance. And uh, you know, when, when Jeff Capel first took the job at Pitt, the first person he visited before he even had a, a assistant coaching staff was Ethan Morton. So that, that it was big. Um, and he, he made it known right away that he wants him here. So it, it's a long shot, but it, it's possible. You had mentioned the other day when we were just talking, the most highly talented re- recruit in the Western PA, Western PA area since Dwan Blair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I guess you could kind of count uh, Oscar. Sh- I, 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 I'm gonna butcher his last name. Uh, he plays for Kennedy Catholic, um, so I guess that's kind of more towards the Ohio border, maybe District Ten. But he's a McDonald's All-American this year. But just as far as Pittsburgh City, Whippeal, yeah, Ethan Morton's definitely it. Um, you know, he took his team to the Whippeal final this year. They lost to Mount Lebanon, I believe. But the state playoffs start Saturday, and you know, he's definitely one of the the top players in the state and you know, he, he, he might be able to put his team on a run here. He's got another year at Butler left, right? Yes. He, he is a, in the class of 2020. So that, that's definitely uh, in Capel's favor. Cause it gives him more time to yeah. you know maybe make an impression, maybe see what he can do. One last question I have for you on, on the recruiting end of things, Jim is uh, Barry Ro- Rosen from uh, I guess the New York area. He used to be, Hallen and Dixon's guy for acquiring that top tier player, uh, that tough point guard from the New York, New Jersey pipeline, Brandon Knight, Levancefield, Carl Krauser, Ashton Gibbs, all those guys. Um, who's going to be the guy on, on Capel staff that, that, that kind of lures those guys in? Um, right now they're, they're kind of their New York specialist is Tim O'Toole. Um, he, he's coached, he coached at Duke before he coached at Syracuse before, I believe he was a head coach at Fairfield. He was at Cal before. So he, he's the guy on the staff that actually has the, the, the resume, um, you know, being around a long time and, you know, he's from the New York area. So it's kind of weird, uh, since Pitt was good and and to right now, New York city, isn't what it, what it used to be for whatever reason, a lot of their top players have moved on. Um, you know, gone to the prep schools, that kind of thing. So, I mean, you still, you can't ignore New York, New Jersey, but it's not what it was. And it's kind of weird, but uh, I think the one way to kind of counteract that is Pitt's probably going to try to look to go to the DC area, kind of look to the North Carolina area. Both Cable brothers obviously are from North Carolina. Um, they had some luck there with uh, Adi's Tony. Um, he played at a prep school in their hometown. So, I mean, it, it's kind of just a shift, and it kind of starts with just playing in a different league. The ACC is different than the Big East. Uh, New York isn't what it quite was, so you kind of have to adapt. And I think that's, you know, they understand that. And uh, you know, I think Washington D.C., Virginia, North Carolina—that's probably going to be the new areas where they try to recruit. That's a that's a great point. ACC play regular season coming to an end. Pitt has two left. What do you think they do? Uh, against Miami tomorrow and then Notre Dame at home on Saturday. How do you think they wrap things up? Um, you know, kind of back to the points where I was making before is, um, you know, 
they've been in a lot of games. You look at those games against Georgia Tech, Boston College, uh, Wake Forest. I, I think Pitt has been kind of bitten by the schedule gods, I guess, if you will, because a lot of those games, like the the games at the bottom of the league, they've been on the road, and I think Pitt plays better at home. So, you know, I, I think they'll probably struggle against Miami, but I think uh, Notre Dame, another bottom five team in the league at home, um, you know, they might want to try to give Jared Wilson frame one last win. I mean, I think they have they have a better chance against Notre Dame than Miami is what I would say. I, I would agree with that as well. Um, Miami, they, they got blown out by Duke the other night, but I, I think that they'll they'll take care of the Panthers on their home floor. And uh, like you said, Notre Dame and Pitt, both in that that bottom tier there, I could see the Panthers and in the regular season with a win at home for sure. Could be a degenerate dad pick. We'll see. Yeah, we got to help uh, Shanty out here, Hammett. He's struggling on the gambling side of things. Uh, I'll, I'll give I'll give him what I have. I don't have much. Yeah. So, what what are your overall thoughts for uh, for the ACC tournament? Um, who number one? Who do you think comes away with it? Um, you know, just watching. You know, we're recording this game obviously on Monday night, and uh, you know, if if you if you watch what Syracuse or what Virginia just did to Syracuse, it would be hard to pick against Virginia, especially with Zion Williamson being out for Duke. Uh, last I checked, uh, I think Virginia had 13, 15 threes. Let me check the stats here, but it was like every every shot they took, it, it went in, and you have guys like Kyle Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome, um, just great shooters, just very good players. Uh, they made 18 threes tonight. So, you know, if you go up to the Dome and hit 18 threes against Syracuse and beat them by 20 points, yeah, yeah. That, that that's going to be my pick for the ACC tournament. Not the outcome I was hoping for or expected tonight. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's my pick too, Hambone. I've been saying the shanty for a while now, despite the the upset last year uh, with U, UMBC. This team's been on the cusp for a while. That that Final Four discussion, Tony Bennett. This is their time to break through, and and they have some NBA talent there for sure. Guy guy is a leader and and can drop you fifteen to twenty five a night at, at any given time. So. Um, I don't think they live and die by the three either. I, I think they're just capable of shooting it, but they don't need to rely on it. And they always have stout defense to hang their hide on too. So they're going to be in any game that they play. I really like the Cavaliers to win uh, the ACC tourney and then make a final four appearance as well. Yeah, I can definitely so. see it for sure. I mean, I think the big thing that hurt Virginia last year was DeAndre Hunter getting hurt right before the first round. Obviously, a number one seed should still be able to beat a 16, but I, I think that kind of messed with their confidence. And he he's back, and he, you know he had 21 points tonight, six rebounds. He's just another uh, you know six eight scoring option. So I, I think Virginia, through all the years, uh, they kind of remind me of the Pitt teams when uh you know when Pitt first got good in the early 2000s. It's yeah, they played great defense. Yeah, they're great in the regular season, but they couldn't score enough in the tournament. But uh, as you said, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, uh, DeAndre Hunter, they can score, so I think they can win some games in the tournament. Who is a who's a team in the ACC that's not in the in this the discussions of Duke, North Carolina, UVA that could make a run at the ACC title in the tournament? Yeah, I, I kind of like Louisville because they were damn it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> you know they weren't supposed to be good th this year, but the, there have been some games this year where they just turn it on. And Jordan Nwora, six eight, um, probably the most improved player in the ACC. I mean, they they went to Chapel Hill and they killed North Carolina. Uh, they were, you know, I, Zach and I were we were texting back and forth during the Duke game, but they dominated Duke for thirty five minutes or thirty eight minutes. I mean, when they're playing when they're playing well. They're very good, and um, it's kind of surprising, and I think Chris Mack's doing a really good job with them this year. Yeah, Shanty and I have taken an opposite viewpoint. We, we are convinced that Louisville sucks. We, we won't buy into it, but that being said, that gives all the more reason as to why you should pick Louisville. They'll probably win the, the ACC title for sure. So what are, what are Pitt's realistic chances in uh, – the next three to five years to compete for an ACC title. What, what's the timeline looking like? Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to last year, it was eight wins. This year, it's 12. I think they can kind of get to that 16, 15, uh, you know, kind of push for an NIT bid next year. And I think, when you know, when Xavier Johnson's a junior and Trey McGowan's a junior and some of these recruits uh, kind of blend together, I mean, I think Pitt can push for a tournament bid uh, in two years. I don't know if they will, but, I mean, Xavier Johnson's a really good point guard. 
Uh, he, he, he has high aspirations. I mean, he, he said he doesn't even plan to be here for four years. So, I mean, I don't know if he's an NBA player right now, but that's the mindset he's approaching. So I, I think he's going to be really good next year and really, really good as a junior. So, I mean, I think that's the timeline you're working with is you have a good point guard like that. College basketball is guard driven. So, um, you know, I think they'll be in the tournament, but as for the question of competing for the ACC, that's tough. I mean, you don't know. I mean, there's so many good high end teams and it's going to be weird. It's going to be interesting in a couple of years. Um, you know, when Bayheim retires and when coach K retires and Roy Williams retires and, you know, obviously Rick Pitino just left. So, I mean, you're kind of having a change of the guard of the ACC. There's going to be new coaches and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where everyone lands. Uh, and you know, if the powers remain powers, uh, after their hall of fame coaches retire. All good points from, from our guy, Jim Hammett. Uh, again, you can follow him at, uh, at Jim Hammett on Twitter, uh, pantherlayer.com. You can get there going pittsburgh.rivals.com. Follow all their content. You and uh, Chris Peak, right? Yeah, Chris Peak is the manager. He's been there for a few years. So, uh, yeah, he does a great job, and we kind of try to tag team uh, you know, stuff as much as we can. So uh, we're going to be busy in the next couple weeks. Uh, spring football starting up next week. So actually – this week, uh, they're going to do one or two practices and take a week off. So, yeah, it's spring football season. It's boring, but that's life. Couple uh, dead and alive, dead or alive for you before we leave, Jim. Always a fun game, right? Yeah, one of my favorites. Okay. Pele, dead or alive? See, like, I feel like I don't remember seeing him in the World Cup was just this year. Uh, I f- I'm going to say dead. Pele's alive, 78 years old. See, you, you would think with the World Cup and just he would have been around more, and I don't remember seeing him during the coverage this year. I didn't tune in that much. Soccer, I don't know. Never my thing. Never my thing. USA didn't even make it this year, right? Did not make it. It was. Uh, I think they're expanding the tournament, so if they don't make it the next time, uh, then I'd say us, as a country we're in trouble. Jesus. In more ways than one. In more ways than one. One more for you, Hammett, before we get out of here. Again, you can follow him on Twitter uh, at Jim Hammett. Jimmy, you're up. You're up there, bud. What are you at? Thirty-five hundred, four thousand. You're you're turning some heads. Um, yeah, it, you just have to have a brand. So I I write about Pitt. So I think every Pitt fan follows me. They should. It's all uh, it's all good stuff. Bart Star, dead or alive. I'm going to go dead just because the last one was alive. I double dipped on you, buddy. Ah. Bart, Bart Starr's alive. 85 years old. Super Bowl. So Super Bowl winning quarterback, Green Bay Packers. Born in 1934. You know what state? Oklahoma. Alabama. Uh, good guess. I, yeah, I was, I was feeling the southern part of the country, so. Yeah, I think he went to Alabama. That's where he played college ball. Yeah. So even then, Nick Saban was recruiting that well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we hope uh, that Capel gets on the recruiting trail like Saban does, and Pitt they uh, they continue to progress forward, and and hopefully we see the Panthers in that final four that final four one day, huh, Jim? Um, you know. You never know. Uh, I, I still go back to that the, the Scotty Reynolds play. Was that it? Or oh they, man! Do they have one more in them? I hope they do. We we really appreciate it, man. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you later, especially uh, as March Madness kicks off. We'll probably have Jim on one or two more times uh, to break things down for us. Any stuff, man. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, anytime, fellas. All right, well, that was really good having Jim on. One of our best friends, too. A great guy. Uh, that was really nice of him to come on and break everything down for us, pit basketball-wise. Guy certainly knows his stuff. Yeah, no doubt about it. Learned a lot and looking forward to that exciting time in pit hoops again. Those were fun times back uh, You know, back in the days they were competing. So I, do, I didn't see him much this year, but I do really like Xavier Johnson. We saw him play against UNC and they got crushed, but that guy just has that it factor. And to Jim's point, I think if they could hang on to him for another year or two, he's going to be the cornerstone of that team. So 
Right. What I really appreciate about Hambone is you can't get an emotional response out of him, especially when it relates to Pitt. Yeah. So he stays very level headed, but my God, I'd love to see I'd love to see him get a, a title with the Panthers. Jim deserves it. He does. He does. The thing I was also most excited about, I didn't realize when you when you two were talking about a little bit, uh Ethan Morton is a junior. I thought he was a senior. So hopefully the Panthers and Jeff Capel, they can uh I don't know, kind of spin their wheels a little bit and get this kid. Yeah, to, maybe to maybe open up a line of credit for him, get him get him some toys. Yeah, for all of our local listeners that, that may not realize that this Ethan Morton kid who plays for Butler High School, um, this is one of the most talented basketball players in, in the country. As Jim had hinted, he's a top fifty recruit nationwide. He's got interest from schools like Michigan and Stanford. Uh, Michigan seems to be at the top of his list right now, but. Um, if they could land a guy like this, top 50 recruit, and, and Capel works his magic and get some other guys, they already have two two staples there, like you said, with with McGowan's and, and Johnson. There could be some magic. Uh, uh, Jim gave us an honest answer and, and, and said, you know, maybe they could get to that, that you know, 16, 15 wins next year, and then by the time Johnson and, and McGowan's are juniors, there might be something on the table for them, maybe a tournament bid, so... That'd be great to see. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we'll move on here. Again, great having Hambone on. You can follow him at Jim Hammett on Twitter. He's uh, certainly worth a follow if you're interested in all things pit or, or sports in general. He's got some good info. Uh, Shanty, we need to go into read and react. We enjoyed this segment. Again, this is like me hitting you bad, uh, hitting you some infield, outfield. You're at shortstop. I'm just going to pepper these at you, and I, I want to know what your first reaction is. These are some things that have happened uh, either throughout the last week or, or today. Some things have popped up in the sports world primarily. We'll get right into it. Jason Witten, he's uh, going to be out of the Monday night football booth and, and back on the field with the Cowboys. What do you think? Not surprised. And for for two reasons. I think he's a he's a self-aware guy he's a smart guy i i know that it's it takes time to develop into that skill set for the booth and you saw tony romo do it like nothing but it kind of speaks to the the talent and the knowledge base and kind of that tv personality that you have to have because this guy certainly knows x's and o's but didn't really translate that well i wasn't a big fan of that monday night crew but on the football side i think he helps this team tremendously and they're already a competitive team, and obviously he's not going to be burning by safeties, but just a very reliable pass catcher finds that sweet spot in the zone. And they do have two very talented young tight ends. Uh, Swam and Jarwin caught 53 balls last year combined. So I think between what Witten will provide from a production standpoint and mentoring those two young guys um, and just the overall great locker room guy, uh, great morale for this team. I think he's going to definitely help them. Yeah. Just to dive in on the, on the rumors here, some people view this as uh, it's not a short term on field move. Some people see Witten as the next Cowboys coach. Yeah, I did see that as well. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Who knows? Next up IUP's basketball team, men's basketball team forgets its uniforms in a game against Edinburgh. Edinburgh gives, gives IUP the Crimson Hawks, uh, they're all their opposite uniforms. They're away uniforms and IUP goes on to win the game. 87 59. Your thoughts. Shame. Shame on Edinburgh. Just getting a beat down in their own jerseys. How would you approach this as a coach? Would you, if you were Edinburgh's coach, would you say, yeah, uh, you lost forfeit. <laughs> I mean, IUP is ranked third in the nation. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're, that was actually my point with this was they're, they're a great team. I mean, they've been one of the best division two teams in the country for the last couple of years. And uh, Lombardi just got his 300th win with, I believe it was with that game. And he's, he's been there for a while, very successful coach, but uh, their, their tournament play starts, I think Wednesday this week, but that Edinburgh game was for the, the regular season conference title, I believe, but yeah, just IUP is a great team. And obviously, it doesn't matter what jersey they put on. They're still whooping ass. You think the student managers were shaking a little bit? That's their job. That's yeah. definitely their job. That's not on the players. Yeah, somebody should be fired. Unacceptable. Yeah, that's... Uh, 
they did make national headline and we're talking about it. So kind of a big deal. Yeah. Great facility, by the way, got to check it out. If you haven't been, um, here's, here's, here's what else we got for you. Bryce Harper signs with the Phillies, right? Press conference down at, uh, uh, at the Phillies spring training facility. He says, uh, he wants to bring a title back to DC when he's giving his speech. Your thoughts. (laughs) Well, if you listen to the speech, he, he doesn't break stride, like not an immediate, like, Oh shit. I didn't mean to say that. Like just, just kept, kept going on and talking. Like he never said it, but yeah, I thought it was funny. Honest mistake here. Honest mistake. He's been in DC for the last seven, eight years. And he has been trying to do that when a title there obviously did not, but, uh, and it got, it got, it, it got me thinking about payroll and baseball and obviously, uh, us as Pittsburgh guys, you know, Pirates always close to dead last in payroll. But this year again, just right around fifty nine million on the payroll, which is twenty ninth, and Tampa Bay is dead last at fifty one million. So they're second to last in the league, and in the last six or seven years, I was taking a look at the the payroll correlation to World Series, and it's almost like almost five or six is the lowest that it's been. In terms of, I know Kansas City got in there and Cleveland made it one year. They were like 17th in payroll, but that's few and far between. But I don't know, just just an excuse to bitch about the Pirates and the lack of spending. And until they do that, they're they're just not going to compete. I wouldn't have it any other way, man. I, yeah, I just got to be miserable about it. I hope we're back to the days of just 70 wins and uh, never get to 500 again. Let's just be miserable. That's yeah. what it. That's when being, it's a great ballpark, though. Great ballpark. Great ballpark. Great ballpark. Probably the nicest ballpark in the country, ranked yeah. on every list every year. So there it Could is. Could be. Could be. Yeah, man. I don't need a Pirates title in my lifetime, so I'm happy with that. Last but not least, this is probably the most exciting out of read and react, and uh, very baseball heavy today. By the way, baseball uh, with the last two topics here. Sandlot will return for a TV series. It will serve as a sequel to the movie. I'm enjoying this. What do you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, one of my favorite growing up for sure. Yeah, the original cast. Uh, apparently, I haven't heard if it's all or uh, or if it's just some of the members. But the uh, the original cast will be in this. Uh, you had said you're thinking maybe season one and two are filmed already, and it might come out as just like a Netflix series. Yeah, a couple different stories saying something along those lines. So I would expect. That's maybe a season one drop just right on Netflix. So, and hopefully they get most, if not all of the original cast back. I think that'll be the key. What are some of the storylines you're expecting in this series? Oh man, I, I want to see what squints is up to. Cause I think they, they had him and Wendy with like nine kids at the end of the movie. So here's and one also of my- what, what the, what ham the babe porter's up to here's one of my projections ham the babe porter has a daughter right she has the same exact personality as him she's yeah. the catcher and she's you know real tough rough around the edges has some funny lines and stuff sticks it to the guys that's definitely one expectation that i have um i'm excited to see where uh where tommy and timmy's business ventures have taken them in the you know the mini mall market i i think they'll probably be like Buku millionaires and they'll try to sponsor these teams and go on and stuff, but uh, to maybe like a Little League World Series type type thing, I'm excited to see that. Who do you think is going to get? You, you think everybody's going to be casted the same, right? So the, the actress that played Wendy Peppercorn, she's going to be Wendy Peppercorn. Is that how I'm reading it? Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, that could be good. That could be very nice. Yeah. So she still don't know what she's doing. We'll see. Well, she knows exactly what she's doing. All right. So that's exciting. Good read and react there. Um, I think the world, I think our country needs this a little bit. I'm being totally biased here, but the Sandlot's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Like I said, definitely one of my favorites. One of those classics. Watched it more than once. I'll say that. Me as well, buddy. We'll go, uh, we'll slip away here. We got a few minutes left. We're going to go with freeze five minutes. I got a story for you. So, as I mentioned to you, I'm in a sign language class, right? I'm also referee in youth basketball as well. I hope to uh, be a high school basketball official by summertime, do some summer league games. That should be fun. But anyway, I'm 
it's a Saturday. This is a couple Saturdays ago. And I'm standing there and there's a gentleman to my left and this is in between games and I'm watching these two teams warm up, right? It's orange versus red, right? In my dumb brain, I think to myself, before you tell this joke to this man, there's the possibility that he could be colorblind, right? Sure enough, I go ahead with it and I turn to him and I said, it'd be a real shame if you were refing this game and you're colorblind, right? <laughs> orange versus red. Without any hesitation, this guy says to me, I actually am colorblind. <laughs> so I had to flip it on its head. I get right into the fast lane of interest, right? And I say, oh my gosh, like what? Tell me about it. Is there different types of severity levels? What are you seeing right now? He, see, he explains to me, well, when they're really far away, it's not that bad. When they're close, it's kind of matted. My wife has to wait, lay my clothes out for me. All, all this stuff. And I was You're just you know, like, too, took that too far, buddy. I was just trying to make you feel better about yourself. Yeah, well, so my luck, I, th this guy ends up being colorblind. Anyway, we get through that layer of the conversation and we dive into where are you from? What do you do? So I tell him about myself and what I'm up to. Again, I just signed up for a sign language class like three weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I'm into it and I'm really enjoying it. I'm learning a lot. It's every Wednesday night at six, Hempfield Township, if anybody's interested. So anyway, he asked me what I'm doing and, and I, I tell him, flip it on him. I say, what do you do? He goes, I'm actually a sign language interpreter. There's all these second and third graders around Holy me. Shit. I couldn't has I, I didn't hesitate at all. And I say, get the fuck out of here. This is like so, inception. We're like, we're, <laughs> we're on the third level right now. Yeah. I'm freaking out. So anyway, I'm, I'm just so excited. I'm asking them all about it. Like, Oh my gosh. Like why and it ends up both his parents are deaf. Right. And, and he had to learn learn that early on and to be able to communicate with them. And, and he's a sign language interpreter. He gave me a bunch of resources and told me, uh, you know, a bunch of people that may be able to help and so on and so forth. Sure enough, his mom and dad walk in, right? And as and I they're said, looking for a consultant, <laughs> hundred an hour. Right. Yeah, I wish. They, they, they see that we're having a conversation about sign language and he, mu he must have mentioned to his parents, you know, th this guy, he... He's learning sign language. He's new to it. And uh, they were all excited. And I was capable of, of signing, hello, my name is Zach, to them. And it was, Shani, it was honestly the most rewarding thing of my entire life that the, the mom just like lit up like there's no tomorrow. She was so excited. And she she gave me a hug, actually. And uh, and the dad was hilarious because I'm wearing my referee shirt and I have a whistle in. And he like, he makes a whist whistle motion and, and points at me like, you know, I'm kind of a schmuck, which he's, yeah. which he's totally right. So I blew the whistle at him and gave him a technical and, uh, he was, he was like laughing at, at that. So after, uh, afterwards we meet up and, and, uh, and exchange info and everything and, and get all the details in that capacity. So I asked the guy who I was originally talking to, I said, man, how long does it take to learn sign language? And, you know, fluently. And he said, well, you kind of have to be immersed in the culture. And I was like, well, that's kind of tough. There's not, <laughs> not hanging out with a lot of deaf people. And, uh, he's like, yeah, uh, but there's a cashier at target, you know, you, you could go, uh, you could go practice with her. And he's like, my mom goes all the time. And, uh, <laughs> I thought to myself, now this manager at target's going to be like, Oh God, the kid with the mustache and the deaf lady are back. They're loitering yep. again. We got to yep. get him out of here. So, get him out. Get him out. So, you you'd have psychos like me just flying in at like six thirty with three things, just trying to get the hell out of there, and you're trying to do sign language with the cashier. Yeah, I, I hate you. I know, I know. That's me. That's what I'm gonna do. So if you need me anytime soon, I'll probably be spending all my my weekends at the Target in Greensburg, um, I, and hopefully something good comes of it. I'm I'm looking to learn this language. It's very fun. And that was a really cool story for me. So that's freeze five minutes. I, I normally come up with a good story here and there. I'll tell those to you and I'll keep you updated on the sign language as well. Um, so that's all I got for you in that capacity. We're going to also do, uh, before we get out of here, baby on board, little update from Brooks, right? What's going on? Baby's almost due. We're still cooking. We're struggling. We're struggling over here, but we're still cooking. So hopefully we can make it a couple more weeks. I don't know. I still got this weird feeling that we might have a, a St. Patty's baby. So I think I mentioned that last time, but all that matters now is wife still getting up and going to work. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll see. You got the room all laid out. You ready to go? 
Room's ready to go, man. Yeah, we're ready. I've already been doing, you know, high knees in there. Got got a wall painted. Got got the crib up. So we're ready to roll. When this kid, of course, the kid comes and he sleeps in our room for three months. So you know, wow, we got to get the room ready in the second trimester is beyond me. What are you most looking forward to with two children now? Being done. Is that official? No, nah, but that's my mentality right now. So I'm going to stick true to that for right now. Yeah. Well, we all wish you the best of luck, buddy. Uh, we're pulling for you. But uh, that's episode seven. Again, Kenny Loft and Mickey Mantle. Shani loves uh, Big Ben over there. We'll be back on Friday. It's tax season. We're going to get an accountant on. Going to reach out to our boy, Matt Vargas, see if he'll come on the show and break down taxes for us. Because I'll tell you, I got no idea what I'm doing. No clue. <laughs> Yeah, just pray to God whoever's doing them does. Yeah, that's what you got to hope for. So 30 West, Episode 7, we'll be back on Friday. You can follow us at 30 West Podcast. That's 30, the number, like Steph Curry, as I always say. Uh, we're on iTunes. If you can't find us on iTunes, we're always on SoundCloud as well. 30 West, Shani, that's a wrap. Later. Later.